1: Hey, gang, public service announcement, our brand new listener show league, courtesy of our friends at DraftKings. And it's pretty simple. All you got to do is sign up to our listener league, check out the show notes, see the link, check out our Twitter feed, the pinned tweet. It'll take you to the DraftKings NC Show listener league and each and every week pick a team, your favorite players. Enter it into the league competitions and you can win all kinds of great prizes all through the season. We're giving away tickets to Broncos, Jags at Wembley. We're giving away shirts of your favorite teams. We're giving away all kinds of good merch and plenty more besides each and every week through the season. You can play against some of your show faves. You'll definitely beat me. The Guru Sandrini will be a lot tougher to take on. Propo, somewhere in between. Ben Isis has got a team rolling as well. We're not going to get Mike in it, but because he hates fantasy, what are you going to do? So head on over, as I say, in the show notes, the Listener League. Uh, if you head on over to Twitter, it's the pin tweet there and uh, get involved and have a lot of fun. 18 plus only. Check the website for details at begambleaware.org. And welcome to the Nat Kuhn Show, FFS, all about the fantasy on this show. Whether it is daily, redraft, or dynasty, you are in the right place, courtesy of the guru, James Sandrini. And frankly, even if you're not doing any fantasy this season, there is plenty of football chat coming your way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the wisdom of the brilliant James Sandrini. Well, here he is, back in business, straight from a Tibetan temple. The guru, incense is burning. That slow, calming, resonant hum of what sounds like a mandolin cello kind of combo going on in the back. And, and that looks like a, a potted plant as well, just for, just for good measure in the background.
2: Yeah, I had to take our week one DFS winnings and uh, take some time away because we definitely weren't going to do it with our week two winnings, of which there were none. Wait
1: so. a minute, wait a minute, take some time away. This is for charity, remember, yeah. Guru. You gotta, <laughs> <laughs> we're going oh, to be exposed to the scandal. Uh, yeah, so week two not not as good as week one. For you. We'll get into get into all of that. We're gonna most importantly, we'll get everybody set for week three. It's great to see so many of you in the listener league. If you click the link. In the show notes, or it's uh, the pin tweet on Twitter, we're pushing stuff out on Facebook, Insta as well. Still no TikTok. Uh, you can join the Listener League, and there are lots of uh, different prizes to win. Always a free-to-enter competition as well, so just want to have a bit of fun with it. Head on over there. Remember, week four is the key week, Guru. Week four, the key week, because you can win tickets to Broncos, Jags, at Wembley, and who, frankly, doesn't want to see that that white-hot Broncos offense in, <laughs> in person. I mean, what's not to love about that?
2: Yeah, get your booze ready, right? That's uh, that's the ultimate accessory when you go watch the Broncos right now. Booze or booze, probably both both kinds of booze. Uh, <laughs> both, especially if you're a Broncos fan.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna talk a bit about that because we're gonna we're gonna to touch on uh Jerry Judy, one of the players that we're gonna key in on injuries. Well, we start VS with looking at injury news or absences in the in the case of Mike Evans. What did, looking at that, putting Carson and I got into this on the Monday review show. If we are, as I hope, going to see a uh, Lev Bell, Adrian Peterson two, and that uh, somehow is the undercard, Lattimore versus Evans. I mean, is it Evans? Or, I mean, Evans would be the red hot bookies favorite. I'm sure Propo would tell us he'd be probably odds on favorite, but I don't know. The Lattimore might have a kind of sneaky punches chance there.
2: Evans is a big guy. I'm not sure I'd want to take it. What's he, 6'5"? That's why I think. Lattimore can kind of go in underneath, do some work underneath. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust the range, trust the jab.
1: I just think you'll see red Evans and it could go horribly wrong. All right, well, uh, let's start there. Evans suspended. Uh, what mm. implications does that have for the the rest of the Tampa offense? And indeed, if you're an Evans owner, what is the suspension? Is it a game?
2: Yeah, just one game. They are appealing, but uh, I, I imagine that will stick. I think we saw some of the ramifications in the game where he where he was ejected in the mm. Rashad Perriman became the downfield threat. They were obviously in that game without Julio, without Godwin. We're not sure how much of them we're going to see this week. The the two players I would focus on, one is a really risky play, which is Russell Gage, where we just haven't seen a lot of him so far this season. Are you
1: surprised at that? Because there was a lot of buzz about Gage being a, a sneaky good pickup, both for 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 Tampa, but also for fantasy. You know, they thought mm. he's the kind of vet that would slot into this Brady offensive, trust him a little bit like, and it's maybe a bad precedent because it never worked out. But most knew at the Patriots a few years back when he was picked up, everyone thought, oh, that's a really smart... Bit of business from Belichick. Gage had the same kind of buzz, didn't he, going going to Tampa?
2: Yeah, the difference is they're paying him a lot. Mm. A lot more than a Sunu type. They're paying him 30 million over three years. So Mm. the expectation was that he'd step in here in the Antonio Brown role, be the Mm -hmm. number three. That offense hasn't been as cohesive so far this season. Some new pieces. The line has obviously been a question mark. Brady actually has been quite sharp, I think, but it hasn't showed up in the box score. So... Mm. I think Gage has an opportunity this week, but if he doesn't take it this week, we're starting to resign ourselves to to those who drafted him, me included, mm-hmm. uh, to potentially not getting the output that we'd, we'd like there, particularly as, you know, Perriman the one who got the touchdown and went deep, Scotty Miller uh, overshadowed Gage. So, oh, yeah, it's, oh it's sorry, I should,
1: should point out, Sandrid, you are new to the NC show this season, of course. Every time Scotty Miller's name is mentioned on the show, you've got to immediately follow up with a uh, Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller. Thank yeah. you. If I just go that. straight to Scotty Miller, if that was good. No, I like that. If you just go straight Thanks. to Scotty Miller.
2: Okay. As, okay the play,
1: as, the, as the comms love to do, love
2: to do look, with him. I look forward to many more this season. Yeah, me um, too. I think the, the player who probably benefits the most is Leonard Fournette, who has hardly been off the field. Rashad White hasn't featured almost at all. And they have to trust the run game. I think it's easier for when you have new pieces in the O-line, getting them to run block is easier than getting them to pass block. Brady is 45. Yes, he threw for 5,000 yards last season, but he trusts Fournette. Fournette can both run and obviously take those passes from the backfield. I think Fournette's the player that we might want to step into more in week three over Mm. Russell Gage.
1: They're leaning on him a lot at the moment, aren't they? Uh, All right, let's go to San Francisco next. And the desperately sad news for Trey Lance out for the season. The positive spin for the 49ers faithful is that, well, this strong narrative, logical narrative buzzing around. And again, it's something Mike and I got into on the Monday review show. Every Monday, it's me and Mike incidentally, uh, on the Monday review show, that they're they're probably a better side right now, a better, have stronger playoff credentials right now with, with Jimmy G in what about the fantasy implications of lance going and jimmy g coming in should for example should we be looking at picking up jimmy g
2: yeah look i mean it's our first real paradigm shifting injury of the season you know Mm -hmm. this is the first time we're seeing ramifications that will affect a vast number of players over an extended period of time and lance for the hard thing with Lance is, you know, he played one game his senior season or his most recent season in college. He didn't play last season. He played one game really in full this year. We have no idea what at to sea World. Him. <laughs> At Seaworld. At Seaworld, yeah, uh, with, on the class trip. So yep. we're not going to, you know, next year is a complete unknown. Jimmy's gone at the end of the season. We know what Jimmy G does. So that reinforces the value of Ayuk, Kittle and Debo. He can support at least two of those three, if not all three encouragingly when he came into the game on the weekend he went deep more often than we'd seen from him in his, his yards per ten were up versus previous season. So that, it, that's it, a
1: really good point as well. That what has maybe got slightly lost in the in the flood in that Soldier Field Sea World flood of, <laughs> of week one is is Garoppolo's injury, of course. And, when, and you know this is the first time we've seen him since the injury and yeah. the implications that has, the restrictions possibly that has. But it didn't seem to affect him at all in in terms of his return to to action. Which forty nine er benefits the most from this change? Brandon
2: agree Because I think if Kittle is healthy, we haven't seen him yet, then our expectations that Lance was going to run 10 times a game. So that's 10 plays that go on the ground versus to a receiver mm. when you obviously Jimmy's not going to do that. I do get the impression that Jimmy having been through so much with the 49ers over this off season is going to go a little bit more YOLO ball than we might have seen him. Otherwise I think he might be quite an entertaining player, uh, but I the one who steps in there as that number three, who now gets volume that he wouldn't have had otherwise. This could be one of the
1: all time, great legendary seasons. Jimmy just free hit. I, I mean, even did he see the footage of him coming off the field the, how he was reacting with the fans, with his teammates, even the teammates as he was going in, and it was respectful, of course, to, to Trey Lance. But then, quite a few of them have talked about it after the game, saying, "Look, there's a backup coming in, and there's a backup coming in. We'll know him. He's our guy. You know, it's there's a there's mm. definitely a." A certain buzz about it. And Jimmy, given everything, is now just and he's a smiler anyway, right? He's just smiling all his way to the bank because this is gonna really heighten his stock and, and he's gonna be able to cash in, you know, almost certainly from from a successful season. However, it ultimately pl- pl- whether it ultimately plays out in a Super Bowl. And yeah, maybe he'll just free wheel a free hit and go all the way all the way to captain on the back of this season. How about that? for Hall of Fame.
2: I think we need to ask Propo what the odds are on the entire San Francisco 49ers, 53, getting Jimmy G tattoos before the end of the year. I think it's that kind of season. Ooh, I
1: love that. Uh, how many Garoppolo tattoos will be picked up by 49ers fans? I particularly want to know the number post 1am in tattoo parlors in the San Francisco area. Um, well, Propos around actually today. I mean, it's surprising. I know that he's actually turned up to produce a show. Um, Propo, is that is that a kind of stat that you can look into, a number you can look into for us? Or do you want to save that
0: for Ed Rush? I'll probably save that one for Josh. I'll be completely honest. I'm not sure I can gather those statistics on the spot. Mm. That takes quite a lot of research and uh, research I've probably not done before.
1: Well, I mean, you're big on research, So, uh, In other words, uh, Sandrine, he wasn't listening to the last, <laughs> to the last <laughs> minute. That uh, 100%. All right, well, uh, good to have Propo in the house as well. I want to find out how Propo got on with his week two uh, team. But before we get into uh, a look back at week two, a couple of other injuries that I want to pick out. Justin Herbert is, hmm, what is he? Would you say 55? And when you see a headline, uh, where was it? Here we go. Um, should Chase Daniel start week three? <laughs> you know that things are not altogether fine in Chargers camp. So what's the latest there?
2: Yeah, I, I do think we might see Chase Daniel at some point in the season, either because the Chargers are up or down the game and they want to protect Herbert, who has a rib injury, that will likely linger. Uh, and you've got to assume either he's going to cause pain or limit his motion at some stage. But mm. they'll like they'll stick with Herbert as a starter. Um, Propo and myself were having a brief conversation before this pod about the role of Eckler and Allen uh, mm. in that offense with a more restricted Herbert. And it might be that they go with shorter passing plays to Eckler to Allen over the middle when he's back, uh, and a bit more a bit more reliance on the run game just to uh, help him out.
1: It paid off, of course, but. Was it, a, could it be argued if this injury does prove to be troublesome for a number of weeks that it was a mistake leaving him in?
2: I think you have to trust the player. Unless there's an injury that clearly obstructs the individual, I think players want to play. He still uncorked a ridiculous fourth down throw across his body from 40 odd yards. So it, it seems he was able to go. In fact, maybe played just as well after the injury as before. Mm. Um but In the moment, but of...
1: it's the knock on effect, right? Yeah, well, that, we'll I guess exactly we'll find that. out. We'll find yeah, I mean, out I how mean, much that's...
2: swelling is there. You know, what is he able to do once the adrenaline yeah. fell away? We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's this charger
1: nation, of course. So uh, the precedent is there with Phil Rivers playing on two broken legs <laughs> whatever it was in, in the afc championship certainly it was a torn acl <laughs> yeah that's got the specter of rivers hanging over him uh i'm sure all right so we might see some chase daniel action if we do is it chase daniel was sneaky good pickup if he gets if it's if it's if it's clear that he's well, gonna I mean, start as opposed yeah, to I mean that, some action
2: that offensive scheme is right. one of the best in the league uh, they have some great skill position players. If if all he's doing is throwing eight yards over the middle to keep Nallan on the slot and dropping off to Austin Eckleck he's still part some big weeks. Mm-hmm. So I do think, yeah, if you're playing in a deeper league, you know, a super flex format and you're you you do not have that additional QB, then throw him a throw a flyer at him for a few weeks and yeah. see if it sticks.
1: And also in, the, in daily fantasy as well, i get you get good value for Chase Daniel. Um, so he could be a, a sneaky pick up and uh, splash the cash elsewhere. Speaking of which, Alvin Kamara is usually a, a rather expensive commodity in the DraftKings League. Uh, what's the latest with him? Because, of course, we thought we'd see an absence from Kamara for different reasons this season. That hasn't materialized yet, but he's uh, he's uh, nevertheless uh, not around right now. Are we expecting him back this week? What's the prognosis for him? And what does this mean for the Saints offense?
2: Yeah, two ailments. One is just basic anonymity. We've hardly seen in the season. The other <laughs> one is, is right. an actual rib injury. Um, and again, you know, it's same same kind of problem where we just don't know week to week if he's going to play. We saw Mark Ingram take the lead in uh, week two. Uh, we expect to see more Ingram, almost irrespective, because Ingram because uh, Kamala's probably not going to get a full workload. So the difference with a quarterback is they're not hit very often, mm. ideally. Uh, and we spoke about Herbert, <laughs> their own line is good. Whereas Kamara, I'm sorry, Joe,
1: hold fire. Joe Burrows just trying to dial in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 into the phone.
2: Poor Joe. Joe, I, I saw a, s- some interesting press on Joe that he gets himself in as much trouble. I mean, we have to ask Ollie this, but he seems to get himself in as much trouble as much as his line does. Like he goes looking for those sacks mm. on occasion. But oh, proper. That's a controversial
1: take from from the guru. Do you think that's uh, he definitely takes some sacks around here? But is there a
0: disproportionate amount that are on Burrow, Would you say? I think the concern is that, and this is, I say this obviously with a, a faint heart, but I think he's seeing ghosts at this point in time. I do think he is. There's is moments where you look at where his eyes are. When I rewatch that game, when you look at where his eyes are, you look at his feet movement. You can tell that the constant pressure he's faced since being the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals has definitely had a bit of an ish, like a, a mental impact on him. And I think mm. he is struggling. But that being said, we have gone up against two of the best defensive players Right in the NFL in the first two weeks. Like I think Mark pa- Mike Parsons last week was just absolutely electric and TJ Watt in the first week as well. So you can understand why Burrow would be scared of those two against this offensive line. And I don't think we're going to see the same level of threat against the Jets.
1: Proper, do you think that the offensive line, well, the last point you made actually is a factor in this, but do you think against average opponents or lower, do you think that the line will regulate and get back to the middle of the pack or do you think there's an endemic problem that's going to be like
0: this all season long? I think the fear is I think we definitely have the talent now on the offensive line for it to be at least an average unit but my biggest fear is the communication it is the coaching because mm-hmm. you saw moments in that game I think uh, Baldy broke it down in Baldy's breakdown where there is just complete and utter losses of communication from the offensive line where people just aren't doing their job. Leo Collins at right tackle is just completely missing mm. his assignment. And when you've got stuff like that, even by like, I know it's week two and it's early, but when it's as blatant of an issue as that you've got to think that it's going to at least take a couple of weeks for all of those things to be fixed. So I don't expect mm. it to be sorted overnight, but at the same time, it feels like as a, a further the season we get into the more likely it is that the unit will look better and better. Okay. But incidentally, Baldi's
1: breakdown, a great name for Baldi breaking down to me. I think that's, we give credit where credit's due there. That is a spot on, spot on name. All right. Let's look back at uh, week two then. Uh, Obviously, eh, well, I say, obviously it's not altogether uh, apparent to everybody, but, The Guru stands really putting in an NC show team each and every week into the DraftKings ether to win money for charity. Although by the sound of it, there is going to be some kind of deep-seated investigation into the uh, travel that uh, the Guru uh, undertook last week uh, to go against uh, the great and the good in the DraftKings ether. As well as that, we enter teams into our own show league. So I mentioned we have a show league, different competitions run in there. And again, there are more in there this week. So go and check that out. Uh, There's a free to enter League, uh, free to enter uh, uh, contest, I should say. Uh, And last week's prize to win the free to enter contest, winner takes all, was a jersey of the winner's choice. So shout out to Gaza1687. And I like the look of Gaza already because he's wearing his uh, avatar as a Tua Tung It's Tua. So he's obviously a Finn, or at least uh, at the very least a Tua fan. Uh, nailed it. And by uh, some clear daylight between him and second spot, shout out to Gench82, uh, who's in second, narrowly beating uh, A. Shaffle, who's in third. That was the one, two, three. But Gaza takes the jersey. 194 52, Guru, was his tally. That's pretty impressive stuff, huh?
2: Terrifying. Frankly, um, it, I think if you landed on that stack in the Miami-Baltimore game on both sides, and and uh, Gaza had four players from that game, yeah, then you were you were on point. You were in in pole position. He did. He had uh, Lamar. He had Jalen Waddle.
1: We had Rashad Bateman as well. there eh? Andrews. Yes, yeah. Smart uh, Poker from Gaza. So Gaza, we're going to push this out on social as well at the NC Show. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Still no TikTok. And shout out to you. Just get in touch with us. Uh, tag us on there. Message us, DM. You know the drill. And uh, Ollie and the crew will be in touch and we'll get um get the jersey out to you. Uh, go chase Daniel Gaza would be my advice for your jersey. Do they make Chase Daniel jerseys, Guru? I don't know. Presumably they do. Presumably you can get one. One. There's only one. There's just, there's just Cooper Rush. I wonder how many jerseys Cooper Rush sold this week. All right, so uh, good week for him. How did the show team do?
2: Yeah, not our best week. Uh, I think we were probably a few plays and a few play calls away from doing better. We hit on Curtis Samuel. Mm-hmm. On Evan Engram had a decent game considering the value we were paying and Darren Waller pulled in a touchdown, which was uh, essentially our prop bet last week. Um, so those players performed, but we missed on Trey Lance. Inevitably, he played really one series and obviously it was done. Yeah. Javante Williams did okay, but nowhere near what we needed from him. Saquon had all the usage, but the results weren't there. I mean, why on earth they kept going to Daniel Jones? Whether whether Danny Dimes is taking more of a, uh, the lead on the RPO and deciding that he needs to run mm-hmm. and taking the ball out of Saquon's hands or whether Dayball's calling, it, I don't know, but it seems bonkers to me. Um, Marcus Brown did okay, but not great. Debo did okay, not great. And the Bengals D did okay, not great. So we we ended up uh, bottom half, which is mm. uh, sad, honestly. Not a little bit sad. You just, re- just regroup and recollect. I mean, I've mm. had a
1: similar time of it on Edge Rush as, uh, you'll find out. Listeners to that show will find out. It's uh, we go again. I'm 0-2. I'm going to hit back on the Drew Locks of the week. Had some had some success elsewhere, but my Drew Locks of the week already in a bit of a funk. So it's a big week for both of us, uh, Guru. Big week for both of us. I, I ended up 30th in our Free to play special. I was I was proud of that. I mean, that's frankly the the highest i would ever <laughs> finished this season. Pretty much single handedly courtesy of, of Tyree Kill. I love on DraftKings the um, icons they they drop in for hot and cold. <laughs> you can, so uh, Tyreek Hill had to proudly toasting hot with forty five points. I had Christian Kirk. I think I'm just going to have Christian Kirk in my team every week. Because I've been on that. It's not a bad idea. It's a good yeah, idea, I think. On that freight train uh, from preseason, you all know out there, gang. I've been rooting for Kirk, and he's stepping up, and uh, and I think he's going to go big. Going to go big again. So I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely back him. Uh, Jerry Judy was in my team. And what's the injury status with Judy?
2: So Judy has um, another rib injury that's oh, going around. All the rage. So he might play it's a similar situation to to Kamara, obviously sideless contact as a receiver, but he might suit up week two, sorry, week three, but be somewhat limited. The two players, obviously, who could benefit there are one Sutton, who seems to be Wilson's number one target. And then KJ Hamler, your your personal favorite, who could see more reps as a result.
1: Love KJ. He's in my, uh, he's in a dynasty team, isn't he? But uh, yeah, that's good. maybe I'll slot him in. Now, anyway, rolling down the leaderboard uh, and I'm, I'm, I've got to say, listeners, I'm going deep, deep down into the depths of the deep waters of, here we go, 72nd, with one hundred eleven points, I oh, don't get the 0.26. Ollie Thornton, thirty nine. Propo, what happened?
2: He picked Paris Campbell, which was always a bold move.
1: <laughs> um, yeah,
0: I really what I I've, I realized what I do with DraftKings is I get really excited and I pick all of the players that I want, and they all end up being really expensive. <laughs> And then, yeah, yeah, funny enough, like you can't have Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Saquon Barkley all in the same team. I've just realized that by about week three, yeah. Then I get to it and I get really excited, and then I get to the point where I'm like, oh my goodness, I have literally no money left. I'm gonna have to take Paris Campbell and just hope.
1: (laughs) I love the fact you don't change it either because you could regroup, you could drop, like, okay, I've maybe got a bit crazy at the top, so I'll regroup. And you know, no, you don't, you just stick
0: to your guns and then just slim pickings. (laughs) I'm also learning as we go with fancy a little bit more, as you know, I've. I put most of my energy into gambling, but with Sandrini, I'm learning so much. Obviously, you see me, I text him pretty much every Sunday asking for his advice, just being like, What should I do here, Sandrini? And usually it is to be fair, Friar you said to me to start last week and it was the right choice. But I I tried to mm-hmm. go for a Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton stack, and it might have been yeah, yeah. the uh Russell Wilson, I mean uh, just useless. Don't Something I think already-
2: in your, yeah, in your in your defense, Ollie. Your construction, I thought, was good. I think you were just a bit unfortunate this week where, you know, no one thought Russ was going to be quite as woeful against the Texans. Barkley and Gibson in the backfield, either of them could have, you know, both explosive backs. You're going to get weeks where they go off. Debo and A Rob. The question about A Rob at this point, maybe, is is he just going to get the target share? Do we envisage a world where he gets eight plus targets in a game, 10 plus targets in a game with Cup around? I'm not sure. Waller, uh, yeah. I mean, in a different week, you're, uh, you're top 20.
1: Well, speaking of different weeks, so let's take a look then at, uh, at week three. So to do that, I think we'll look at it in two stages before we break out the, the NC Show team for week three. The learnings from week two that you're going to apply to your strategy for week three, Guru, take us through.
2: Yeah, first one, we spoke about receivers last week and they're being in this elite tier. I think what we saw in week two was the breakout for the first round rookies. So mm. Garrett Wilson obviously won the game for the Jets and had... Fourteen targets, which is insane for for week two of a rookie season. Drake London was the dominant force, almost to the extent that we started to be a little bit concerned about Carl Pitts over in Atlanta. Um, both had excellent grades on PFF, you know, and, and are blazing a trail for a class that we knew was good, but probably didn't put in the same tier as 2020. Um, it's early; we don't know yet. But you know, there's a there's a really strong trajectory, and and the other guys from that first round, Alave, Burks, Dotson, we've seen enough from all of them to feel confident.
1: Okay, that definitely, and and so a trend we've talked about a, a fair bit on well this show and indeed the the wider NC show galaxy that rookie receivers hit the ground running more than ever before, and that is uh, proving to be the case this time around. So that is a promising. you want to take a flyer on uh, some of uh, the younger players, particularly those who maybe haven't, you mentioned Drake, you mentioned Garrett, but uh, there might be a few other sneaky picks. You know, Traylon Burks, could he's he ready to go? What do you think?
2: Well, I don't want to give too much away about our team, but I think ooh. he could be the next
1: one. Ooh, he could be ooh, the next ooh, one. Oh, okay. Maybe that's I obviously saw it at the team, but I'm trying to pass it off as my, <laughs> <laughs> my own hot take intel. That's obviously what happened there. All right. What else should we be looking at uh, in week three or for week three that we picked up from week two?
2: Going to the running back position, uh, this is this is just the way that the the league is moving, right? More pass friendly. We've spoken about this before. You know, I think everyone's very comfortable with that. The receivers breaking out, getting paid big money. So receivers right now seem to be like the the picks you start building teams around, and that's what NFL teams are doing, and it's being reflected in fancy. So when we're looking at running backs, what we're not going to see very often moving forward are backs that get twenty five rushes a game you know, that era seems to be behind us. Teams are either going with multiple backs or when they have a feature back, they're still only feeding them the ball 15 to 20 times a game. So if we look at the top seven fantasy performers from week two at the running back position, here are their carries. 17, 15, 9, 14, 15, 15, and 5. Mm. Those were the top seven. So I think what what we're talking about now is an era of efficiency over volume. So if someone like James Conner is out there, who's averaging three yards an attempt and he gets 20 touches that's less valuable than obviously someone who's got that real breakaway speed and can produce something uh, out of nothing. And obviously hopefully has enough about them in the passing game. So, Players like Eckler, Pollard, CMC, Swift, you know, these were a number of those top seven, AJ, um, Aaron Jones. Mm. We we really need to hone in on that kind of back at this stage. That doesn't mean JT doesn't have a role. He's still probably the number one. He's an exception, but the rule is moving away from volume. Okay, that
1: is fascinating. Where's Edward Hilaire in that mix then?
2: So he's probably the fool's gold of the first two weeks because he's had under 40% snap share. He's had some big runs, but he's being replaced by Jerry McKinnon in many of the situations that matter. Um, I sold him to you in our dynasty league, <laughs> <basically>, so, I, <laughs> yes,
1: so I can make this
2: claim. I could be proven wrong. He's Edward Allaire has talent. Right. He can be a, a weapon in the passing game. We saw that big run. You know, he's able to put his foot in the ground and go, but I, I'm just not sure they trust him enough at this stage. And I think he's a, a committee back, albeit a committee back in a, in a obviously premium situation.
1: Okay. Let's get into our week three team then. Uh, clearly, Clyde Edwards has is going to be in my dynasty team because he flogged. Have you sold me a dud? Is that we're to try tell you <laughs> so? I believe in him. Uh, but uh, we're not talking about that. Uh, for this particular part of the show, we're talking about a daily fantasy team. So just to recap, this is where we pick a brand new team every week, just as you can in our show listener league. you got a salary cap. you got to spend the dollar. Like Propo, you could go down that route and just blow all your cash on the big hits and then scrabble around uh, for a bit of luck in uh, the other end of proceedings. Or you could be a bit more balanced, solid, split it round. So what is the theme with your team this week?
2: Yeah. Yeah, we're recording this on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday morning, which is early. We don't even know all the injury news for this weekend. And just a reminder for everyone, we probably should mention this every week. The slate that we're playing to on DFS is the Sunday night games only, not including the primetime game. So we don't look at Thursday, we don't look at Monday, we don't look at that later game for UK listeners. Um, So basically everything gets done by the time you go to bed. Right, that's yeah. idea. right. The, I, I figured we needed a theme because it's really hard to pick on a Wednesday uh, without some information. I think this week is, I, I'm going to say like under expectations or maybe team get right. Team get right. Let's I think that's appropriate
1: that. for this show, to be honest.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to also make one editor's contribution. I hate yeah. this team. This is an awful great, team.
1: Great Philip with um, confidence. Fill it with yeah, confidence. Please
2: please don't follow my lead here. But I do think we might get we might get, we who knows DFS we might get lucky. Yeah. Um <laughs> great. So, we're going to start <laughs> yeah, with that prelude. We're going to start with Matt Stafford. Uh he's 6,500. He's inexpensive frankly for a leading QB. We've seen historically how he can have some slate changing performances, you know, four five uh, touchdowns that offense has all the parts we think and there's a stack coming um Ooh, he's also okay. going up against Arizona's passing defense which is so far has allowed 70 plus percent completion 70 TDs passing and zero interception so he we're picking the match up there with Stafford
1: yeah I like that I like that a lot I'm sure we're gonna get into that uh, particular game on edge rush a little uh, sneaky peek there all right so you're stacking him. just wor- working down your list here let's jump down to to okay so you're stacking him. Well, you're double. Is there a such thing as a double stack?
2: Uh, you can have a double stack, yeah. But mm. we're going with Tyler Higbee. Is a, mm. a stack in the tight end position? He's Higbee's underrated. He's always on the field. Ninety-four percent snaps weeks one. Ninety-eight percent snaps weeks two. This is almost unprecedented for a, for. A, a tight end in the modern era as And you have your blocking tight end and you have your receiving tight end and he's just on the field all the time. He's also all got right. 20 targets this season, which again is monstrous. He doesn't have the touchdowns, but we are banking on a little bit of regression to the mean. He's in those red zone situations. This is a high powered offense. They can't always go to cup. Mm. I think Higby has a chance. And again, Arizona versus tight ends. Kelsey in week one, Waller in week two, they've been exposed. Okay. Running backs, who are you tag teaming? We've got three running backs because we've got one in the flex. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah have not produced in the way that I think most people would want. And again, uh, let me preface this by saying I hate this team, but... uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: what we're called this show, by the way.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, First one's Josh Jacobs. So 5,400 is cheap for someone who, again, is a bell cow back in in the modern era. He's getting 65% snaps. He's the dominant force there. We were worried pre-season about Zabir White and Amir Abdullah. We just haven't seen them. So it's Jacobs' backfield. Um, he's going up against Tennessee, who have allowed 339 yards in two games on the ground. They're not the vaunted D that we had seen in previous seasons. Mm. Uh, Jacobs, what we really need from him is to fall in the end zone. And that's what I'm banking on this week. <laughs> um, he's our first. Our second is a player who I think, you know, is due a return to form, which is Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably I'll be three to five on most people's boards going into the season. He goes up against Detroit. Detroit has looked porous through two. Um, He's a feature in the passing game. That was a question in preseason. We've seen him get 11 targets so far. They went away from the run, obviously against Hertz and Philadelphia, who started so quick. Uh, But I think this is a Dalvin type game. He's 7,900. We need him to put up a big Mm. score. And our third back is... Oh, hang on.
1: 7,900? Yeah. It means Propos, definitely taking him. Is he in your team, Propo? Is he already is he a lock?
0: Uh, I haven't actually worked out my team at this point, but realistically, if he's above, I only go for above eight (laughs) thousand. Also, wait, can I just ask at this point? Cooper Cup, nine thousand nine hundred. That can you even put him in your team? I mean, I've tried many times, but I can't seem to work it out. Well, to make the salary cap work, yeah,
1: put him in. Yeah, well, I guess you just have to go Cup and then. Who was the, yeah, who, 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 <laughs> just to basically look at the Colts receivers that aren't Pittman. And just put all, of them, put all of them in there.
2: You have to go with the Christmas dinner approach, right? Where you put like your, your goose, your turkey in the middle of the table and you surround it with sprouts. Like that, ah, that's just how you have to do it. That's what
1: I'm going to do this week. I love that. Okay. Uh, who is your third uh, in the flex? You got Leonard Fournette. Well, you mentioned Fournette, of course, earlier yeah. on. So makes sense. Uh, up against Green Bay, that's an interesting pick. It's in Tampa,
2: of course. Yeah, look, I think without the weapons that we spoke about, we don't know if Godwin's going to play, Julio's going to play. Obviously, we know there's no Evans. Um, I think they, they may go to run more and, and not, well, run and short passing game with four net benefits. Packers D as well. If I was thinking about attacking them, I'm not sure I'd want to pass too much. I think they are very effective against the pass. I think they're less effective against the run. Again, 306 yards allowed so far this season. You know, I mean that's that's mid tier. That that's a you can attack that. Mm. Uh, so without weapons on the outside and against that D, that would be how I'd play it. So that's what I'm putting my faith in.
1: And just very quickly on that, if Godwin and Co. do play, does that affect your pick? It's a, with daily fantasy or really any setting any roster you know, moments before. What is that? Is that an early game that Gribe Bay Tampa? Uh When is the kickoff for that? Anyway, either way, when you're setting your team, you're seeing, okay, they're both going to suit up and start. Would that affect your pick?
2: Depends how much I think they're going to play. So if, for example, Julio doesn't practice on Thursday and Friday, but he mm. suits up for the game, he's not 100%. So it's probably more about looking at those practices. If Godwin gets in practice on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, chances are he's he's close enough to full go, which maybe does. But I, I think... We spoke earlier about the O-line. Like, this is an O-line that's trying to cohese. Oh, is that word word? Cohes- yeah, it works for me. Works sure, for me. become more cohesive on the fly. Again, running, getting that line to run block is easier than getting that line to pass block. I think, therefore, you know, earlier in the season, we could see more net, particularly as these receivers get up to speed.
1: Okay, you've gone Hollywood Brown uh, against the Rams. You've also looked at Valdez scatling against Indy. And your Schultz bump... Is trail on by? Are we go trail on bucks. So I obviously had looked at the running order in great detail, <laughs> and either plagiarised your your uh, pick or had paid, uh, which is most likely, no attention to in the running order, uh, and uh, come up with something inspired. But I'm really glad that you think trail on bucks is gonna gonna be the Schultz bump this week. Just for new listeners to the show, listeners like me that aren't paying attention, uh, the Schultz bump, Sandrini. How do you describe it?
2: Sure, Bob. I mean, a mythological term at this point. Um, <laughs> a, a player who we think is going to thrive in a situation that has shifted. Let's call it that. Someone who's going, who's going to do better because something around them has changed. Has changed. Okay. So what's changed then for, for Traylon? His job and uh, Ryan Tannehill's job, I think. So Tannehill was replaced by Malik Willis uh, in, what, the end of the third? Against the Bills when they were getting blown out. And yeah. if it wasn't clear already to Tanny, he's playing for his job. Um Malik Willis is not ready to play in the NFL. To me, like, I think he'd have some incredible moments, but I think overall, like he, he's obviously a step a step down from from just on his educational path of being playing QB. So the fact that he came in it, in that situation to me dictates that Tannehill really has to have a rocket up, you know, where he needs it. Mm-hmm. Um, Traylon Burks' role has also changed between week one and week two. This is a team that doesn't put receivers on the field almost as much as any other team in the league. I think they're you know, we know them as a rush first team. So week one, Woods was the number one receiver in terms of snaps, 46%. Um, Week two, Traylon Burks was 45%. He's quickly becoming the number one receiver in that offense. So, Look, it's not an offense you're going to predict huge passing weeks regularly, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a bounce back from Tannehill, a, a major role for Traylon as is number one. And this Raiders team, yeah, right. defensively, has Decent struggled matchup. to, get to yep. the QB. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I think Tannehill with time, you know, has proven to be effective and he should get that against the Raiders.
1: Yeah, I like that. Uh, last but not least, your defense. You've gone the Saints against, how dare you, sir, against Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers.
2: Yeah, quick note on our receivers, just to round that out. So Marquise Brown, we've picked again. Mm. I, I just, I'm just i going to stay there, I think, until until it hits. He's quite cheap at 6,000, a 6, 000, lot of value there. Um, he's the correlation with our Rams stack, because it's Rams mm-hmm. um, versus Cardinals, and we're expecting high school in-game. And then MVS. MVS in DFS has um, become something of a go-to in recent seasons, because when he goes off, he has uh, Tyreek Hill time numbers, right? Mm. We're also not expecting McCole Hardman to be hundred um, percent. He came off the field. I mean, he came back into the game against the Chargers, but there seems to be a foot injury again. You know, maybe he's not hundred percent. So, uh, hoping that something sticks there because he's he's been getting the target share. Mm. Um, and then with the D, the Saints, yeah, they, their met their metrics across the board are elite, but they've not had they've not converted that into sacks and takeaways um, against a Carolina team that we know is, I don't know, how do we want to put this? Like progressing, I mean, developing. Um, in I development, think, I think, yeah. Yeah, in, in I think those, op- those opportunities should be there for them and, and this might be the week that they take office year.
1: All right. Uh, well, this could be the week that you take off, Propo, after your, whatever, or 77th. Uh, well, actually, 77th was you, Sandrine. <laughs> I've just realized in the, in. The, don't tell me I beat the two of you. I can't, I'm going to frame this week forever. Yeah. Be, I'm going to put this <laughs> on the wall. It'll be the only time it ever happens. Uh, so get involved with that. Uh, we're going to fire out the NC Show team into the ether. We'll also put it for fun into our free-to-play special, one of those again this week. There's also other competitions inside our Listener League. So go and get involved with those. More fantasy stylings from Sandrini on Twitter, at RealPolitikNFL, Politik with a K. uh, And, of course, he's here alongside us each and every week throughout the 2022 season and beyond. Quite frankly, uh, great to see you. Get back to the temple, get back to meditation, and uh, any further musings and uh, startings and profilings, you'll find them out on Twitter, I'm sure. So, if our listeners want to uh, keep in touch with the latest developments, because as the guru suggested, recorded this on Wednesday, uh, and that's entirely my fault with uh, scheduling uh, situations. Not the easiest, easiest time to call it. So, heavyweight stuff from you, Centrini. Look after yourself.
2: Thanks, man. Thanks, Ali.
1: Lovely stuff from him. I guarantee uh, he will beat me. Propo will beat me. We didn't even work out where Ben Isaacs came. He's in the league as well. I'm not sure he's taking it particularly seriously. So I'm gonna we're going to give him uh, a bit of a kick and make sure that he gets stuck in. Mike hates fantasy, so obviously he's no, <laughs> nothing to do with it at all. Uh, Phoebe Schechter on the show this week for our week three preview show. Looking forward to catching up with the brilliant Phoebe, uh, me and proper, of course, edge rushing it as ever. I mentioned Iron Mike in the vault. That's the Monday show. Every Monday it drops around about midday, one o'clock uh, depends how depends how many pickups we have to do, how many tangents we go on uh, and uh, a lot of good stuff sitting in the vault as well. So uh, if you haven't already go and enjoy those shows, subscribe to us, a big shout out to all of our new listeners. We can see with the stats and the numbers and everything else, the analytics, I think the, the sharp kids say. Lots of new listeners this season, which is which is great to see. So welcome along and uh, hope you're enjoying it. Big shout out to all your OGs and old school show listeners to uh, what a season it's been so far. And there is a lot more to come. And uh, we'll be right here with you for the ride. So we'll see you next time. Bye
2: for now. Podcast Network.